Hello, welcome into the charge set uh, featuring the lads, which is myself, Rob, uh, Neil, Dave, no James. Um, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I was looking at the last script, and I think it was before the Autumn Internationals, but uh, maybe it wasn't, I don't know. Um, but like I was saying just before we started, uh, I was watching Virgin Media TV. They have they play like some of the old rugby games. And like one of them, the one that I saw was the 2009 uh, Grand Slam season, and it was Italy versus Ireland. And uh, Andrea Massi, uh, in the first 40 seconds, like WWE style clotheslines Rob Kearney. And I was like, oh, that's going to be a red. And uh, they just give a yellow. And I was like, <laughs> that, that'd be a red to yellow. Yeah, yeah. And then it, it brought me down a rabbit hole of. Um, Rugby, like I say, old rugby, but it doesn't—it doesn't feel like that long ago. But we're talking maybe twelve years ago, uh, and there was there's one incident uh, from New Zealand, like an NPC game or whatever, and there's like blatant uh, head hunting going on, and it's like it's barely a penalty. Uh, whereas if it was done today, it would be a fairly big ban. Um, but yeah, it's interesting just seeing how it's developed. Uh, so I I'd highly recommend it going down uh, the rabbit hole of old rugby on the on YouTube. We do watch um, them things on Virgin Media sometimes as well. I think the one there was one on yesterday, the day before yesterday. It mm. was the 2009 as well, I think Ireland v England. Is that the one where mm-hmm. Shane Horgan scores right at the death? Uh, 2006. Yes, well, uh, maybe it was Croke Park. I don't know, but it was one of them old ones anyway. Mm. And I watched like a couple of minutes of it. I was like, yeah. I took the same takeaway as you, Rob. Like, just to kind of... They seem less controlled in their physicality or something. It's like yeah. they're kids, but they don't know how strong they are. And they're just kind of... Everything feels like it's almost swinging a dig, swinging arms everywhere, fucking... But hey, obviously, yeah. you know, litigations and whatnot, you can't... It's... Can't it's that, uh... Uh... It's like I was saying, bef- discussing just before this was, uh, is there's an element of survivorship bias where the dirtiest stuff is the stuff that's available, um, so you probably get a kind of a view, a view, a kind of a skewed viewpoint of just if things were dirtier. Uh, I do think you will notice if you do go down this rabbit hole, uh, the sanctions are way less. It's just way less. You can get away with a lot more back then, uh, which is just crazy. Did you um, see that? Uh, it might have been around for a while because I think I've seen it before. It was a compilation video of uh, red cards or Richie McCaw and all the shit that's been done to him. Like, and okay. some of it's just crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. as you said, head hunting. Like, it was just yeah, totally unwarranted, absolute targeted, and as you say yourself, like penalties or yellow cards, and you're just kind of like, well, really, okay, there's one or two <laughs> red in there, but yeah. The, the uh, he knee was in there. I don't. I'm not sure that was really targeting now, but uh, there was someone uh, there that you just saw and you thought to yourself, "Yeah, I mean, they went out to get that man." But again, it was it was a very framed video in that, like, mm. you know, it was literally about people trying to kill Richie McCall, essentially. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, uh, it, I I would argue rugby is a lot safer. Uh, well, I wouldn't say a lot safer, but it's definitely it's a little. Dirty, bit safer. I wouldn't say safer. Yeah, okay, well, 
It's, it's oh, possibly yeah. even more dangerous because the players are bigger and more conditioned yeah. and better able to like use their weight. So just look at Josh van der Fleer. He's increased the potency of his carrying pre-fold True. in True. the past however many years. So like it's almost become an art form in how to use your size to great effect. And you know, yep. everybody wants to the margins are so fine that like you know people will put their head in the wrong place knowingly just to try and stop you so well i suppose people have always done that but when you're bigger and fucking going faster etc etc it's gonna mm-hmm. be like i often find myself wondering uh you know the expression you hear common three teams using a lot put your body on the line mm-hmm. i wonder if that's gonna kind of become a sort of a verbatim phrase where you know because of the nature of things and the way things are going, you won't be able to say that. Mm. And people like willingly put themselves in dangerous positions. I don't know. Just a thought anyway. Yeah. It's uh again like I, hear, I... I almost I'm I almost cringe when I hear them saying it nowadays. I don't know why. Just because you're like the guy could be dead. <laughs> He's there, yeah, put this body on the line. Yeah. It's it's a weird one I think rugby hasn't quite gripped or mastered yet is uh, people sacrificing potentially their current and future health, um, and how to address that and everything. But that's that's a pretty big question and everything to uh, consider. Um, there was one I I saw that guy, the Irish Times guy. Well, he writes for the Irish Times sometimes. Owen Doyle, the refereeing guy, he likened it to the gladiators in Rome, uh, and that in the future, um. People would uh, they would watch rather than participate. So basically, the playing numbers would go to nothing, and that uh, people just watch. And oh, I I only made that comparison within the last week myself. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, I unironically used the argument. Sure, it's part of our culture. <laughs> yeah, I it's... mean, the ancient Romans are killing each other, so why can't we? Yeah, it's it's, um... it's part of our nature. And I, yeah. for one, don't intend to rise above my nature. I'll be there guffawing with the rest of them in the south stand as some guys probably dead in front of me. And but hey, yeah. I paid my thirty euro in. Yeah, it's uh He said it was. He, it, uh, it could go similar to the way the NFL is, where um, the playing numbers are actually of the sport are pretty small, but there's a lot of interest in watching it. So, um, yeah, that that's that's an aside. Okay. <laughs> that's the intro it's all uh, momentum of this podcast <laughs> yeah. our comeback so tour podcast yeah uh, then I also want to pitch you guys this new idea I have uh, of well I've stolen this from other podcasts I used to listen to um, okay. social media highlight of the week and about social isn't really the right word you can also use traditional media as well um, but like if you see a particular tweet or comment or just Very anything good. Yeah, article or anything. Um, bring it to our attention and we'll uh, discuss it and uh, see what the crack is. Obviously, we're going to refrain from people using people's names and all that kind of crack. Uh, well, only if you want to refrain from using people's names. Yeah, like, yeah okay. like if, it's, if it's not a bad thing, surely I can give credit to someone where, like, if they brought up a good point or <clears throat> told a funny joke or something, I could be like, yeah, yeah. This, this person. Oh, okay, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that. Um, we can not also today, bring our... Went, well, not today, during the last week, that went through uh, Leinster uh, six line-out moves. Mm-hmm. And how slightly different we ran them every time, and then the last one resulted in a try. It was nice. Uh... Oh, 
Oh, by EK, EK Rugby yes, Analysis. Sort of exactly. Yeah, I, was yeah. thinking, I was thinking going to send that to you, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> we all saw it independently and we enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout yeah. out to EK. Yeah, yeah that was very good. Um, I liked the, I liked the idea of Nyatai as a sort of a pivot man mm. off of which to... Because he... I don't know. He just seems like... Uh, He's strong as well for the size. Strong. He seems to have a lot of time on the ball, like more than you'd expect in in the given contact i don't know stays on his feet knows when to go down clean ball presentation obviously maybe i have a skewed view of it maybe like it's the support players that are making him look good but i just think uh his stock portfolio is definitely going up and up in my head anyway mm-hmm. which is the exact opposite to what i thought it would be because i don't know i had a quite cynical approach of i think i just have a cynical approach with a lot of players that aren't like from this country coming in and <laughs> phoning it in. our jobs yeah just sort of you know i i do worry they can't buy into whatever ethos is at play within mm-hmm. like lancer or whatever you generally had a, a decent record he's definitely proved me wrong yeah okay so we've kind of naturally progressed onto the rating lancer game and um, so I just have here that Leinster were basically perfect. Um, so I, I, I don't know where to start. Uh, obviously missing Johnny Sexton, Tyke Fairlong and Henshaw and still played probably a perfect game or close I, to a perfect I game. I can't say perfect now. But close, cl- as close as I would. A part of it skewed in that, like, I think to give a, a context, before the game, I think our WhatsApp group, we were like, a losing bonus point is probably a good result. Yeah, I so. said nothing, so I uh, I knew <laughs> the exact result. I just didn't want to. Say, no, I I was actually deeply in doubt as well. As soon as Sexton was out, I was like, mm. yeah, and we'd be lucky to win this. Yeah, for mm. long as well. But uh, I don't know. Racing just didn't seem to turn up, and we also were very, very, very good. So you know, it's sort of a perfect storm, really, of uh, things coming. Good versus bad. Yeah, mm. I, you know, I think. The impression I got from somewhere was that uh, it not being in Racing's home stadium was a big deal. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can't excuse the the performance they had based on you know not being in the right venue. They just weren't. Their discipline was awful. I think, uh, and in like a top tier rugby, just having poor discipline, you know, going to be very difficult to to uh, be competitive in a match against the best when you're giving away penalties every two minutes. Like, wasn't there a statistic about Dan Sheehan's line-out throws or something? 100%. Was, yeah. Uh, 18 uh, was the previous uh, records. And 22. And he got 22. Which, to me, suggests, well, not only, like, his quality line-out shit, but uh, also racing discipline, because we had sufficient amount of penalties to get enough line-outs to get him... Yeah. The record so yeah um i don't know like racing are second in the top 14 so yeah but there's been plenty of times when we face teams that were top or first and they just can fall off but um some people said in the media this is what me just reading and listening over the last week that this is kind of a a team that lancer traditionally struggles again like a big french team uh yeah. but like that's not a huge team Racing, like yeah, Wokey is like a six slash second row, 
the Dragali wasn't particularly big. Their front rows are are strong, sure, but like they, they, that was not a giant team that you come up against. Was it you saying, Neil, during the match, or the commentary team, that it appears that the racing forwards have gone for a more of an athletic sort of... I said it, but I think I've, I caught that from somewhere else. Right, yeah, because as soon as either you or the commentary or whatever, whatever way I heard, I kind of took note of it and was like, yeah. I mean, and this that was they sent their seconds down to Toulon and won, so that that wasn't bad at all. Um, but yeah, we we set out strong and Racing just got on the wrong side of the ref early, and then then they're seven nil down in a couple of minutes, and that's not how you start any game against Leinster. I was a bit worried for about the first twenty minutes in between our tries. I was thinking we have so much ball, so much possession. The same thing. So much uh, territory, and we're just not getting too much out of it. And then when they they got they got a penalty out of nothing really, not nothing like was didn't have to work too hard for us. And I was like, well, that's that, that's a bad return. And then we just we just kicked it up a notch. Open the um, Like I know you alluded to that that uh, tweet that EK put out. Um, I saw other people. Uh, one other tweet that he had also. We we tried that five meter tap move. Yes. Um, and I saw some people saying a lot of the line out variation looked like we'd been keeping that back maybe a little bit uh, up to this point. Um, but um, I, I I would like to attribute them to uh the Bulls game in the semi final. Uh, like good teams steal stuff from other teams. And yeah. I think we, I think we've learned, learned from them. I always just remember that five meter move they did in the semi final because they were attacking into the south stand, mm. and the Leinster players were genuinely surprised uh, at what they'd done, which which I just thought was brilliant. Um, even though it's like it's, if you go back far enough, it's you know the way it's all just recycled. But yes, um, I like to see them developing and learning and, and all that kind of crack. Um, what did you like? It's it's hard to pick out individual players in that game because literally everyone like Gary Ingrose was excellent. Ross Byrne was perfect off the, the tee. Josh Van der Fleer with two tries and yeah, Dan Sheen perfect Akeen, in the lineouts. Keenan was quiet, but that's kind of like your goalkeeper in football. Like yeah. I, always, I always compare fullbacks to goalkeepers. It's like mm. that. Like you didn't have to do too much, but we did. He did okay. Um. Doris, Doris had a big game, rightfully so, got man mm. of the match, or player of the match. Um, and apparently, the player with the most international turnovers this year. Yeah, I, I would not have to show that. that, like, sometimes your um, preconceived notions aren't uh, backed up by the stats. Because mm. uh, I, I know we, we've said it before, like, uh, our lack of a out-and-out, just like, Tyg Byrne-type just Jackler, but maybe if you look at the stats, maybe Doris actually is pretty pretty effective in that. Um, uh, I don't know. Like, is there anything else to be said? Like, it was great. Was very impressive. Yeah. Well, what uh, did you make of the the travel issues beforehand and the fact that they yeah, it looked like a we we weren't ones with the travel issues, like with the slow starts. If anything, someone saw that without knowing the exact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Circumstances, they would have said, "Racing had the traveling snooze." But 
they got over it. No, no real concern. No, uh, Joe Smith complaining bitterly about the bus mm. being late in Scotland. Mm. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I don't know what the result was in that Scottish match, but we lost. Yes, you see, this is it. Like, if we lost against Racing, there might have been some bitter. Yeah, it would have been. Well, Flenster conceded that first rise. Like, oh, they haven't had any other preparations, but yeah, mm. yeah. The excuses start being revved up. Um, I, just, I would love to have an alternate reality where uh, where we didn't have travel issues and just to see how the game goes because uh, such was the goodness of our performance that mm. I'd nearly be inclined to think that some of it was based on the difficulty that they had. Whatever yeah, went on. Like, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just but- a conundrum, really. Well, well, I think that's a very good point because um, I got the impression that Leinster, like, the, obviously they want to win this competition every year and they're mm-hmm. always, like, given 100%. But they look like they, the fact that the final is in Dublin and they've, they've, they've bottled up a lot of the hurt from the last, whatever, three, four years of missing out. Um, and Castro is also leaving. Yeah. and Texans last and, season, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, yeah, all very good points. And a lot of these players have, um, they're experienced enough now that they, they, you know, they should be in the mix for winning things. Or, you know what I mean? They they they're entering into their prime more or less. Um, yeah, they look like they're on a mission, uh, which is great. Um, and what do you do when you encounter a difficulty when you're on a mission? You go even harder. Yeah. So, maybe maybe that little bit of adversity. Focus the minds, so to speak. Mm. And the net result was wondrous, I have to say. But I just feel <laughs> it feels like uh, it feels like fucking Groundhog Day with regard to the like. Doesn't every European Cup start like this? Yes. In time? Well, like we're we're one of the best teams in it, and we just lost the finals. Yeah. Yeah. But it feels like that again. Like you're you're looking at all the other teams and the results that you're kind of like, yeah, I see no reason why we won't win this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just it seems too perfect this year. Like Rob, what were you saying? We have like a perfect run in of all home matches or something potentially. If potentially, if we win our next, if we top the uh, group or however it works, yeah, yeah, probably yeah, lose the, home. We, we we have one guaranteed away game for Gloucester away in January. But after that, if we've won all our pool games, which realistically we probably should, uh, it looks like we have a home run all the way to the final, which is also in Dublin. So yeah, when I, when you said that, I was like, "This is the most banana skin of <laughs> banana skins." <laughs> Thankfully, though, at least the match against Racing sort of assuaged those worries mm. a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. I believe like, the fucking fifth star when I see it. Like Rob, prior to the match. <laughs> You said something like fifth star here we come or something like that. And I was just like this is so the presumptions here, like but well, then after well, the match I was like, Hey, maybe he's right. I I, I remember after the La Rochelle final, I said like I don't I was like, I'm not gonna get hyped when we put like forty or fifty past whatever in the Avita yeah. at Christmas time. But then yeah. I've kind of come around to the idea of I'm just gonna enjoy the journey like and yeah. I'm just going to appreciate that I get to support Leinster where we go out and we just wallop teams. Um, 
Which well, is great. Like, this is rassing away, you know what I mean? I know, yeah. Like, like, oh, they were finalists four years ago. Uh, yeah. We won it. A semi-finalist uh, last year. And second yeah. in top 14. So, like, sure, they, they, they were very ill-disciplined and didn't start well, but we still, we made we made them play poorly. So, I know I was I was fighting back against the, uh, you saying it's perfect, but um, it was a very good, excellent result, a very good performance. Yeah. Um... And like I, I, I like Dave's point too that like, yeah, we've been in this situation before where we've looked so good, and then the, again, the, 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 we'll only find out, unfortunately, well, we'll only find out once we get to the, the, that yeah. that knockout stage, and um, yeah, like, hopefully, I, hopefully they get. I have to ask myself, does it feel different enough <laughs> to previous seasons where I can conceive mm. of a different outcome? And the answer is no. Yeah, but like like last season, the bounce of a ball. Yeah, no, it is. It is so touch and go that. And like, what yeah. what would we have done different? Like, the only difference between this season and last season is Dickens. just bolster a squad. Dickens. He's big. Uh, what? Okay, just do a slight preview of um, the Gloucester match on Friday. What do you? Easy what do you guys? Easy win, yeah. No, normally I uh, say, well, they have a big pack. They have, they 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 have a set piece advantage over mm-hmm. Bordeaux, but like, no, I think they might be setting over kids. Mm. Um, they their tight head is injured. Um, I I I don't really see Lancer getting getting turned over here, so easy win. I definitely wouldn't be surprised if the win isn't as convincing as we perhaps expect it will be, because I wonder if like there'll be a bit of a I don't know that there's an expression for it, but like the win against Racing was sort of so conclusive. Yeah, a little bit, or like it'll be like in the heads of well, we hammered Racing and this is Gloucester, so like we can maybe dial it back a bit and we'll still win. Shit, shit doesn't work out like that, and you're in a fucking match. You know, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the last thing you want. You don't want to be in a match with Ross Byrne at ten, and for it to still be competitive at like sixty-five minutes. Well, he'll hit your trees, so you have that going for you, but. Just in terms of uh, organization, I'd love to be the guy in the the dressing room and Dave giving the teams the team spot. It's like we we don't want a rugby match breaking out here. <laughs> no, no, no contest. Here. No. <laughs> but like, yeah, after get, like twenty five, after the second try in the wrestling match, mm. I wouldn't say it ceased to be a contest, but it was apparent there was quite a gulf in the teams that turned up on the day. So, mm. you know, this again, just to hark back on previous seasons, like no one's going to challenge us until we're challenged and then we're not used to being challenged. So what now? You know what I mean? Mm. It could happen again, but, you know, please, God, no, we can only take, we can only suffer so much. But, I mean, <laughs> so you have to constantly get the finals and win trophies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was kind of half laughing when I was saying it, thinking. Yeah, the things could be way worse, but uh, yeah, um, Lancaster so, deserves it. Yeah, what what do you think of the the mini kind of subplot of Lancaster's obviously going to Racing at the end of uh, the season? Um, Must be paying and being paid a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, looks any like, any word any word on Finn Russell, Neil? Or looks like he's gonna stay. Um, well, like as in, did you what did you make of him? He made two big hits. Hmm. Uh, but he just kind of disappeared until that last 
10 minutes mm. where you just threw not, you made a break, got the offload away. Very nice. What happened to the rest of the game? Yeah. Uh, you, got, you got killed. You got, not killed. You got burned and put out a place for a couple of tries, but better, mm. better players will. Um, yeah, I don't think he's ever going to win silver with Racing or Scotland. Now, he has won with Glasgow, so I can't say professionally he can't mm. win. Did Racing win top 14 with Finn Russell? Oh, hopefully not. Which uh, completely destroys my points, but I think I think he's just too inconclusive. All I know is that they've been uh, there or thereabouts like the last five years. So it yeah, wouldn't surprise me in, in one of those years they've won the top fourteen. And um, whether Finn Russell was there or not, I don't know. Twenty sixteen they won it, which is before Finn Russell, I believe. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, that brassing try towards the end, I just he seems like uh, this might be uh, an annoying comparison for you, Neil. But like, the, did you see the, the goal, the third goal yesterday for Argentina, where Messi just yeah does his thing? Like mm-hmm. the way Finn Russell moves, and it just seems to come quite naturally to him. And to the extent that, like, I don't know about you, Neil. Well, I think when he's in full flow, it's just a joy to watch. Oh, hundred percent. But you can't build a team off a guy who. Uh... Shows up every other match. Like even even New Zealand couldn't do that with Carlos Spencer. Mm. Like you need someone who's consistent, and it won't disappear, or do a mistake and laugh it off, which is a personal hatred of mine. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. No, sorry. Just like, it amuses me. <laughs> it does. Um, but yeah. Uh, so that kind of covers Leinster anyway. We're Happy, uh, moving forward, but obviously a little bit of, little bit of reservations in the back of our minds that, like Dave's saying, we won't be tested until we're tested. Um, but then we get to the other rugby. So obviously, we'll focus more on the Irish teams. Um, I don't know if you guys got to see any of the monster match, which was heavily. No one got to see much of us. Yeah, <laughs> it was heavily, heavily fogged up. Uh, looked freezing cold. Um, Here. Why were they saying it was going to be called off at 60 minutes? What is because this rule that I've never if, heard if of? You, if you can't play... can't finish the game. Yes. Or if the fog gets so bad that the, the ref says this is dangerous, uh, or he can't, he can't see what happens. Yeah. So yeah, it... i got to be honest, Rob, I can't see how it would be dangerous. People oh, running like, into you literally couldn't like, see the ball. <laughs> Everyone running into each other like it was just stooges. Yeah. And the ref couldn't see anything, so he just couldn't play. Yeah, yeah. But like... Opens it up to, I don't like it. And we'll very, very rare. It didn't happen. Again. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I didn't even know it was a thing, to be honest. But like, mm-hmm. let's say, like, what was the score? It was like Toulouse eighteen, Munster thirteen, or something like that. Yeah, let's... Like, and let's say it was sixty-two minutes in, and Munster go down, score a try, convert, and are one point ahead, and then the ref just calls it off in the minute <laughs> after. Like, could happen. How? No, that that couldn't <laughs> fly, as far as I'm concerned. No, the ref that never would... was. The ref never felt the game was um, going to be called off. He was very comfortable playing it on. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, but mm. you know, what I mean? like, let's say surely you'd have to wait for a more like subtle moment if if it were to happen. But uh, no, yeah, Munster like fucking. There's something happening down there. Something special. I wouldn't go that far now, but yeah, uh, <laughs> from. I suppose when you're at your lowest, you know, the only way is up. So, mm. but I like the fact that there's like green shoots of youth 
sprinkled mm. throughout the team, which you know they desperately needed, I think. And it was a bit of an inevitability, really. It kind of, you know, they either done that or they just slowly ceased to exist. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I do wonder now, not to take away from from the good showing that Munster put in, but I wonder if were it not like kind of a bizarre bog situation, would Toulouse have maybe put a good few more on them? But uh hard to say. Yeah, it's it is hard to say. I do think Toulouse managed the game really intelligently. Um efficiently is what I was gonna say, but intelligently yeah, is correct. They're, they're they're kicking kinda in the second half really uh, I wouldn't say outsmarted Munster, but you know it forced, it really put a stranglehold on what Munster could do. And uh, mm. I thought, like, when I was watching it, I was just thinking, like, potential champions, obviously, because they're always there, thereabouts recently. But just in terms of, like, it's a step up beyond, like, monster, sort of, mm. you know, in that yeah. these are re- real, like, top drawer. And you've been tactically outwitted now, whether you have the players to sort of counter it or not maybe maybe not mm. but uh i just thought for the conditions that were in it and for the tight nature of the game the positional kicking that to was employed in the second half was you know damn impressive you know you you, you adapt your game for the conditions i mm. guess and they they definitely did that i can't imagine they went out there saying yeah look it's gonna be a tight match well maybe they were i don't know maybe they respected munster but uh i just thought yeah, the the game they employed was perfect for the night that was in it. Yep, I I I came away with the impression that these are two teams at different level, was it different stages of their development and progression and stuff. Obviously, I just felt Toulouse were on a different level. Um, yeah, it was the better bigger team. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in terms of like that monster team being that close on the night to mm. Toulouse was. Like for me, nothing short of impressive. I didn't think Toulouse were going to absolutely blow them apart, but I did think they'd like, you know, I didn't think the result was ever in doubt until I was watching the match and I was like, yeah, you know, like bounce of a ball, Munster could maybe scrape a result here, which was closer than I thought and probably closer than a lot of Munster fans would have thought as well. But, uh, what, what, what's your guys? Um, obviously, Munster got the losing bonus point, which could prove crucial. Um, what's your kind of prognosis on Munster now for the rest rest of the Heineken Cup season? Do you see them? If they've, they've Northampton, uh, home and away. Um, do you think? Do you think they get it? All I, I all I can remember from the pools and the way it works is like, um, some teams got out with one win last year or something. Um, I, I think two wins can get you through. So they get nine to ten points from the Northampton games, maybe another point from Munster. I actually, put them in a very good stand. Mm-hmm. From not from Munster, from Toulouse away. Yeah. That'll be very tough, but hopefully they'll. Like most teams do, get through. Yeah. yeah so um, it's losing bones point at home, not never great, but I think I think it is an important point. Hmm. Uh. Quick word on Anton Frisch. He actually had probably his worst game I've seen. Yes, after so far. Yeah, I still think he's got he's got something. And yeah, 
he's keeping Fakatoa out of the team, which is interesting little subplot. Um, Rob, I go as far as to say that if Frisch played a match of a similar level to all the other matches that we've seen him playing in and mm-hmm. take a note of him, that Munster could well have won that match. Because his, his, poor, his poorest moments came at the cost of scores for Toulouse. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't make them mistakes, you know, uh, yeah, Toulouse are sufficient quality that you'd imagine that create scoring opportunities elsewhere and wouldn't have to rely on an individual's mistakes. But, you know, and then also, like, obviously, we've seen in, like, the last few months, he seems to provide a little bit of X factor in terms of the monster attack. Which, mm. you know, the night that was in it, et cetera, et cetera. Did he have a bad game? Whatever. You know, it wasn't coming off for him. But uh, I just think on a different night where he shows up, like, it's crazy that it was that close, though. That... Now, I wonder if they did go behind, would Toulouse then up it? Because they were very concerned about going being behind at 60 minutes. Because they did mm. lose a game years ago in Italy, I think it was. In similar circumstances due to weather, yeah. So, but like, like they just kicked and scrummed that second half yeah. and kept them in the lead, which what you needed to do in conditions like that. Um, it was, uh, it was just cynical in a way, but very it's smart. not cynical. It's, it's it's smart playing, like yeah, like well, kicking it, with a win. It's cynical in the terms that I want to see, you know, free flowing attacking, fucking yeah. I want yeah. to see like the top tier French rugby flare and attack and blah, 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 blah. and then when you're denied that due to <laughs> tactical decisions or the fact that you just can't fucking see what's going on you, uh, you might just be a little bit annoyed but mm, it's enjoyable nonetheless yep and um, then we turn our attention to Ulster which <laughs> is a very interesting situation developing so for context last week uh, they were was it 22-3 up or something? Yes. With a red card uh, against us. Which with is a red card, they, they go on to lose the match by like was it eight or nine points or something. It's more than um, bonus point range. Yeah. Uh, and then somehow they've managed to basically continue that run of form and got absolutely smashed by Sale. Well, Rob, um, I'll have to stop you there. Yeah. What run of form? Like, they were 22 3 up. How does it ch- change that fucking quickly? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's, not Rob a, at the time. that's not a run of form. That's a fucking falling off a cliff and <laughs> yeah. dying horribly at the bottom of the cliff. It was 70 points to seven or something in the last mm. 120 minutes for yeah. Ulster. But I like, said to Rob at the time when they ran in their third try and we were looking at a, a hammering, it's like, oh, they'll choke or something. I saw something along those lines, Ulster bottlers. Um, <laughs> And like half jokingly, but they are like they always bottle it. Um, you can say that's harsh or whatever, but they just keep doing it. So like it's like like saying Leinster score loads of tries. Yeah, water's wet. Mm. Ulster will bottle. Well, like obviously whatever. these two matches, there was Leicester away um, in the Challenge Cup. Mm. There was Toulouse last year when they were yep. they won away and had a lead and then threw it away. There was also multiple games they won but the true way big leads like mm. over the last couple of years Ulster have been incredibly entertaining to watch mm. they can score good tries and they can't hold on to leads like they just have no mental strength and okay yes they, they lost injuries and particularly the captain of 
Henderson. I'm not sure if he's captain this year, if Herring's captain, but he has been captain before. He's leadership. Uh, and Cooney, which is big. Mm. But you have to you have to adapt. You can't you can't go away and concede was it thirty seven nil? Thirty nine nil. Thirty nine nil. I get your point about like losing close games and everything, yeah. but this this is a this is a different development. <laughs> In my yeah. mind, this is this is yeah, damn, like, very worrying. Off a cliff, like I said, just cliff. They fucking uh, they took a dive for whatever reason. I just think they're mentally ruined after what they've done in the OGS. Yeah, I, I think they'll 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 they may or may not show up against La Rochelle, but they'll they're going to be hurt by them. They have to play that match in the ODS. It would be hilarious because <laughs> the fucking <laughs> they'll get mental ghosts will surely be there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I just thought like what what a bad place to hold that match. It, yeah, it's probably like the only viable alternative option. But uh, mm. just considering a couple of weeks ago how what happened, it seems amusing. Um, for it's me, funny. Go on. Go on. I was saying, funny that people were saying until last last minute turnaround, like Ulster are closing the gap with Leinster. And they said, mm. well, even even if they collapsed, they still they still showed a lot good. Like I, I, I think Ulster might be back up above them, which is crazy. Yeah, considering okay. where they're. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't they beat us twice in one season within last the last season. years? Yeah. So I mean, th- that cliff would want to be pretty big, I think, for for that to hold true. Yeah, but, but they never beat us in games of importance. Yeah. No, but they do beat us, which is more than rarely. Twice like Munster beat us like, every so often, but it, all I know is twice in one season is impressive. It, it, like it dragons is, or Benetton. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it is quite worrying. Uh, I would, I, I like. Obviously, I don't want to say, oh, they should make changes and all that. No Ulster players but... in the Irish team, Rob. I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. The one of the main talking points from that game was the Andrew, Andrew Warwick. Yeah, Andrew Warwick high tackle. So, for context, there you basically get minor two laggy. I think feels a kick or a pass or something. Um, I can't remember. Uh, runs pretty much upright, but that's he's enticed not, to do that. He's not that upright now. In fairness, he's he's going for well, that like, yeah. power bump, boom yeah. fa, a boom fa. He's going for a boom yeah. fa. He he changes his height then. Um, and Warwick. Uh, so this Warwick gets interesting. Warwick basically makes head on head contact. Yeah, but uh, it's a soak head on head. Yeah, not but, moving forward in any way, shape, or form. The only person yeah. moving forward is Tuilagi. Yeah. Warwick Spacey standing his ground <laughs> to more or less and going to soak the hit. Like, the danger is coming from two laggy, as far as I'm concerned. The, what can Warwick do? Bend the head on the head. This is where I think rugby needs some uh, serious... I don't know. I don't even know how you fix this, but basically, we saw it with the Keane Healy hit, and I know your man Ox Inche for his Sharks had it, but we had all sorts of outcomes. We had... Yeah, completely it, every outcome possible, pretty much. Yeah, From, and it, they're similar. all very I didn't see similar. One, but I heard it described as being similar. Yeah, and like you, you got a red card. Yeah, nothing. Red was Oxenche was red as well, and he got banned. Did he? I think so. Yeah, he nearly cited, but completely cleared, saying it should be yellow yeah. or something. And now yeah. he's been cited, but I haven't heard anything else after that. Um, it looks like we're back where we were three or four years ago. When he said mm. we have to crack down on head hits and it's complete, complete lottery. Mm. 
Rob, you asked how do we solve this? The only way you can yeah. solve it is by accepting the fact that there will be risk. That's mm. the only way. You cannot fucking clean it up as far as I'm concerned. Unless you just don't play. Mm. Like that two laggy incident. How do you prevent the two You can't. Hit lower. And the problem is now like the players don't really get punished. Mm. I've I said it's a lot. Like you get a red card, that sucks for you, sucks for your team, blah blah blah. But you really start having to hit them in the pocket where you say, okay, you get a red card and whatever the red card sanction is, you can change. You can say it's 20 minutes, it's as it is at the moment. You can sub someone in, whatever. But you should have an automatic uh, sighting process. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be any taking weeks off for this, weeks off for this. It's, this is the first offence, this is the second offence, this is the third or more offence. And you increase the weeks, so it's a serious, serious problem for you if you get two red cards in just to get two red cards for high hits. Yeah. Like, because people won't hire uh, players who are going to miss half a season due to, due to discipline. Players don't want to not get paid because they're, they're banned. Like, people, people won't change it unless it really hurts. At the moment, it's, it's lottery. Mm. So, like, you either go for the high hit and like, okay, Warwick was intentionally gone for that high hit. He could have gone lower. He could have, yeah, but like just however many contacts in a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, but the thing is, you have to drill it in. I know it was a lot lower. If he says, okay, I'll go for a big, I'll go for a hit, whatever, but if I don't get low enough, that's a red, I'm not working for 12 weeks. So if someone. It's like, so like, what we're going to have at the moment, what we, have, what we have at the moment is it's going to continue where it's complete random, both in sizing process and on, on field decisions. Like something could happen and doesn't get picked up by TMO. An identical thing happened, does, and it's a red card. So we're going to have these conversations. We're going to have the frustration unless we say. I think, I think it's frustrating because like, it's could an agree ongoing. That I'm saying I am not frustrated. No, don't put it in the news. I was mad. <laughs> Every dude did not say I was angry. <laughs> I, uh, to me, like I, I can see certainly how the inconsistency would be frustrating, but I just mm. cannot see how you can get this out of the game. I, I can't genuinely. I just think the only way is just to say, yeah, look, it's a dangerous game. Like, we're going to do our best. Oh, no, no. But... You say... Like, yeah, we're, 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 there's a difference of uh, opinion on this where I agree it's a dangerous game. You have to accept it, but, like, the game won't be around if head hits continue. Why? Because there'll be no one on the shirt. No, no. People won't bring their kids to it. Why the fuck do people have to insure sport for it to take place? Because, because they'll sue you in 30 years' time because they can't remember their kids' names. Yeah, or, or if you get seriously injured and you have like medical expenses and all that kind of crack, um, the money obviously needs to pay for that. There been just see that there was that case of that Irish rugby, yes. rugby league female player, and the insurance was limited up to a certain amount. She got horribly injured, like did her ACL, MCL, or whatever, and uh, basically she was she had to pay in the end for all of the, or she had to like they did a GoFundMe or whatever, um. So yeah, like the insurance thing is fine. From grassroots level, is it insured all the way up? 
I would be pretty sure that yeah, you couldn't play a game unless you had insured. Yeah. You have to, that's why that's what part of your subscription to a club is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um but yeah, look, it's it's probably not gonna be the last time we talk about this this season. Um uh some I think one more thing. On good, it, okay. Yeah. One more yeah. thing. Like everything is so split second and fucking instinct though, right? If yeah. someone's in a position and the the split second is either I stop this person or I mm. simply let them through. Like in magical fairy tale land where everybody's kept safe, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you're gonna let them through. In reality, you're gonna stop them. You know mm. what I mean? It's just the well, way fucking that, 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 monkey it's, brain it's, it's works. Like, say if the only way you could stop it is punch him in the head. Mm. That's one way you could stop it. Yeah. Say, say, <laughs> say if there's never gonna be the only way. Like, and there wasn't. A, that's not the only way to stop him. Then you could have gotten lower. If you can hit someone in the head, you can hit them in the chest. I think a good example of this is, and this is where I think we need to have sympathy on the attacking player and the person making the decision, is the Bundia Key incident recently with Sanatla, mm-hmm. where he clearly had time to think to process what was mm-hmm. happening, and he still chose to do what he'd done. Whereas Warwick, I don't think he's thinking anything. He's just like, this is just a normal hit. I'm just going to do this. And I get what you're saying. You can get lower. Yeah, you can always get lower. You can fucking lie on the ground. But he's just there. He's, he, like, that hit happens, like, let's say, 999 times out of 100. And maybe two laggy doesn't hit his head in 999 of those times. And then one time he does. Like, it, I don't know. It, it, it does, for me, also bring up, um, I think, similar, like, you know, the speed of the modern professional game. And I know the players are like they have to operate at a high level and everything, but is there ever a chance where it's like um you can only run so fast? Like, well it's just going so fast that like Yeah. Uh sorry Rob, you cut out there or something yes, like that. No no yeah, yeah. No no I'm I'm back in. Um I didn't say anything. <laughs> You're in the middle of staying. <laughs> I, <love that>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I knew well, I was cut out, but I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll, is we'll your, leave that. your point? Do you need people to go slower? No, no, not not go slower. As in, like I was kind of like, um, it's like I thought, like I get the argument of Warwick should go lower and everything. Yeah. But, but I then also get the point that these things are happening so fast that. Uh, Maybe this is part of the process of changing people's instincts, where they, they when they're not thinking, they're going low. Um, I, I yeah. would think that changing someone's instinct is quite a hard thing to do. Now, maybe, maybe it can be coached. Maybe, yeah. But I, I think maybe, like Neil, you were saying, hit them in the pocket. The likes of the Bundy key one, where I feel like there's no doubt in my mind that he could have made a different decision there. Yeah, mm. hit him in the pocket. But the likes of Warwick, where I feel like. He hasn't made a decision. Okay, he could have got lower, but he hasn't made a dangerous decision. Maybe you could argue it is dangerous. But he hasn't added an unnecessary level of danger to that situation for me. Now, maybe, yeah, for the insurance people, whoever else, it's too dangerous. But for me, like to hit him in the pocket for that, I think would be way too harsh, mm. personally. Anyway, look, we've talked about it. Like, like that, I think the idea is it doesn't matter about the circumstance, in my opinion. 
Mm. And that's mm. the target. It's just your your goal is get rid of high hits, get rid of concussions, and prove that you are doing something. So the game still has a future. And that's how you do yeah. it. Like Lydius, uh, Joe Worsley, Will Connors, these are all players that can hit very low. Mm. And and make dominant tackles doing it. So it's it is it is part of the technique. Like if you incentivize us or disincentivize the opposite of us, like yeah. players will graduate towards us and coaches will as well. Like the reason they coach the high end is stop the offloads and to make a dominant mm. hit, but if that's just too big a risk, you don't do it. Yeah. But uh yeah. Yep, it's a it's a ongoing situation which we like I was saying we'll definitely end up with a few more incidents this year where we'll probably get the same kind of crazy outcomes where it could be red, could be yellow, could be penalty, could be absolutely nothing. Um, that's just the way. Uh, to talk one little bit more about it, oh. it, it amuses me that uh, the Keane Healy sighting was struck away, but then Andrew Warwick was sighted, considering of the two instances, I think Healy's might have been a little bit more dangerous in terms that he was propelling mm. himself a little bit forward, whereas Warwick, for me, wasn't moving forward in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, as you say, we'll talk about it more. Another takeaway from the Ulster match for me mm-hmm. is I think Herring shouldn't be starting at hooker. I think. John Stewart or Tom Stewart, I don't know which is his first name. Fairly sure it's John. Uh, should be the starting hooker. I just think he provides more. Maybe he's not mm-hmm. quite as good at the darts, but uh, just overall, like your argument might be the experience, Irish caps, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, leadership with Herring. But did we see that uh, against Sale away? I didn't. Um, mm. I just think Stewart's a very exciting young player and. I'd like to see him sort of wrestle the mantle away from Harry. And then I, I think, yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, uh, that's something that's very easy for us to say because it's only yeah, upside. Yeah, I was, got, I was <laughs> gonna say I'd love to ask an Ulster fan what they think because you know they probably respect Herring a good deal more than I probably do. So I, yeah, I think definitely Stewart has a lot of potential. It could be the future, but mm. yeah. Well, like as far as I'm concerned, like, <laughs> Herring was like as senior as a senior player could get in that uh, match and you know was he captain i'm fairly sure he was captain in that match i assume so yeah but if he threw away every player who didn't play well in that match you wouldn't have a team yeah it's a tricky one because at the same t- like you, you don't want to you want to send a message that it's unacceptable but at the same time yeah you know you like being saying you can't just drop everyone um uh, came on and actually didn't play that well so mm. you know mm. But in terms of, I'm far more willing to give young, exciting players far yeah. more leeway than I am someone who is supposed to be sort of the backbone of the team. And when things fall apart as dramatically as they did, yeah, it might be actually be a broader sort of cultural mentality issue, as you were saying, Neil, with the bottling mm. and whatever else. And to pin, to pin all that on one player is unfair. But... Uh, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I just like Stuart as basically to take away from this. Yep. Um, I didn't see any of the Connacht match. I saw some of the highlights. I saw a Newcastle guy headbutted a Connacht guy, got sided for it. Uh, Adam Byrne scored a very nice try. Yeah. Uh, there was actually a lot of former Leicester players. Obviously, they're the ones that stick out of my mind because I think there was eight or so in 23. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, to, to me, a uh, big. Uh, enjoyable factor I like uh, watching Connacht when Carty wasn't playing was Hawkshaw I thought mm. I just enjoyed 
Big I like how he plays the game. And to be honest, like it might be it's easier to stand out in Connacht because the level across the squad is uh less high. So, you know, if you're slightly above average, you might look better. So he might never have made anything of himself in Lancer, quite possible. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, no, I, I think he uh maybe his game suits Connacht, I don't know. But mm-hmm. for me, like I'd much well, I guess he's a back as opposed to like Anger or uh, Murphy, is it? Josh Murphy? Yep, Josh Murphy, yeah. yeah. So, like, in terms of like shit that's going on, he probably is a bit more to see, I guess. But uh, yeah, Adam Byrne as well. But he's only played one match, am I right in saying that? This is the second uh, match, the first start, I think. So, we'll get to uh, see it's good, to, good, it's good to see them doing well. Um, yeah, particularly because they rotated so hard. Um, but I, I never saw a match where so many players missed touch. There was about five or six in the, <laughs> the minutes I saw that touch was missed from penalties and such. Was Billy Burns out on loan for him? No, he was not. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Burns didn't miss touch now. He got the ball out. It was just, unfortunately, it was a bit too far away. Yeah. Um, so we're approaching the end of this. Uh, obviously, this round was the very first time he had Safkin teams in the Champions Cup. Uh, I didn't see too much of it. I saw the Bulls rotated their team like completely from the URC. Uh, they still ended up winning. They were playing Leon. They got out to like a, a 30 something or a 20 something point lead, and then Leon came right back into it. But the Bulls ended up winning anyway. Um, Sharks did well against Harlequins, I think. Um, yeah, again, very comeback uh, game from Harlequins, which they wanted to do, was, wasn't enough. Yeah. We I saw. Ended- a weird point in the European Cup history where the easiest matches to come by are against like Ulster. Mm. And uh, you wouldn't have said that beforehand <laughs> this week. It was just an uh, utterly terrible performance. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm, like, as I said uh, recently, I'm struggling to see where the easy matches are. For yeah. him? For everyone. Like, it's just. You used to get like maybe, like you might end up with an Italian team, mm. and you kind of or Welsh like, team, yeah, or Welsh team. Uh, now it's kind of like, you know, regardless of who I get, it's gonna mm. be quality. Whereas before it was sort of like a lottery in terms of, yeah, I might get someone who you could nearly send out a second. Also, it doesn't really matter who you get because you, you just need to win about two games. Mm. And then you face someone away that's really tough. So, mm, mm. I don't know. Um, I, just, I think the South African teams have really, for me, upped the the overall level in just in terms of like quality at every juncture. Um, I don't think they'll win it this year, but I could certainly. S- I'd be surprised if the if a South African team didn't win it within five years. Uh, I'm not sure now. They like. The Stormers didn't manage that game against Claremont well at all. Um, they still have mm. a lot to learn, I think, about the, how the ebb and flow of a European tournament goes. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's good to have them, and it'd be, we'll have a much better idea, I think, at the end of these four rounds how they're. Yeah. How they, I I just think like I I guess I'm still reeling at the fact that they won the URC their first year in it, like so mm. like you know. Head still spinning from that one, potentially yeah. 
imagine if they won imagine if one of them won the Euro in the first like it really just I don't know it would kind of call into question European rugby to an extent shows up wins competition yeah just yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> this is the premier fucking club competition in the world what the fuck yeah um, yeah it'll be interesting to watch uh, so I just have here the big guns in round one where so the ones that caught my eye were La Rochelle, Toulouse, Leinster the pretty much the usual suspects mm. um, well, I want to get your guys a lot of people are uh, talking about kind of the loss of prestige of this competition uh, since yeah. si- since the well on social media and stuff generic yeah. users of apps <laughs> um, they're I, about... I, I wasn't overly mm. pushed I think the improved competitiveness in our league has made it much more attractive mm-hmm. and they kept the worst thing of last year which was this stupid two groups of 12 mm. uh, thing and for like people like us who are yeah. really obsessives who don't know pools off the top of their heads or can't explain yeah. it that easily that's utterly insane and the mm. best part of the thing last year was the round of 16 home and away is now mm. gone. It's terrible format. It, mm. it's, it, was, it was a great competition that was ruined. And we're left with the, the, the runes. The, the, the new system works better for uh, anyone? Or? No. I, I think it's, it's a compromise because the guys who took over the competition don't know how to run it. Um, or don't care about running it. It's like I'll be honest, I have no idea about pools or anything. I just basically it's... watched rugby and for it used me... to be like, you know, that was the pool of the S or that, that was an easy pool, blah blah blah. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, everyone plays two other teams home and away. But the guy one of the teams you play will not be playing the others. And you see yeah. it all over the shop in comments. Like people say, Oh, we're playing this, like, no, we're not. We're playing we're playing Rassing instead of but I thought Rassing were playing no, yes, just because we're playing them doesn't mean we're playing their opposition as well. So it's just a yeah, stupid way of doing it. To you is, I am, as far as I'm concerned, like you might describe yourself as rugby obsessive. I certainly don't. For me, you watch every you don't watch it every weekend. <laughs> you go to matches. No, you're on a podcast. Listen, listen you, listen, you read listen, tweets about it. The, the podcast thing, I don't think that adds to my obsessiveness. But uh, like, I have no idea about pool situations. Anything. I don't. We're playing Gloucester this week. Am I right in saying that? Yes. Like. Yeah. I wouldn't have been a hundred percent confident on it. Like, I just watch it when it's on and I enjoy it for what it is. For me, it's not a whole lot has changed from what I'm doing. Uh, so in terms of uh, like the I every man suffering, I I don't believe he has. It it's for me the, 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 when we get to that last round and people are trying to figure out uh, how many points do we need and all this kind of crap. I I. It, it can get a bit hairy. I think there was a few incidents where people weren't sure what teams needed to do to actually qualify yeah. uh, going into that last round. And there was confusion before the matches and stuff. Um, and was, again, was some of it... Also weirdness last year with COVID or something where like teams were getting... Yeah, walkovers. Yeah, all that crack. Um, yeah, that probably didn't help things. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think some people are also uh, uh, harking back to the Heineken Cup days and just how good those were um it's yeah just and nostalgia like, because for me like uh, that was much better um what was better the fucking system because the play yes. for me hasn't changed um, like, well that rugby has changed so we can't we can't really 
compare it. Yeah. yeah. I think the six pools of four is much better. Mm. Um, like it it was, seemed, we, it, we we traded some teams for shitty French or English teams who didn't care, so it wasn't mm. really improving the last turn. We traded our sponsor for five sponsors, which turned out to be only one sponsor. We paid much less. Mm. We moved it from Ireland, Dublin, where they were based, to Switzerland, a non-rugby playing nation. Mm. Like it was just destroyed because the Spivs didn't want to. They're throwing their toys out of the pram because Ireland won it too many times. Yeah. And uh, now we have this, which is whatever. Yeah, it's... Um, it's like, I still watch the games. I still enjoy it, but it's it's not what it was. And obviously yeah. the changing and chopping and changing of the TV rights. Um, Some people were pointing out the attendances weren't great. Obviously, awful. like, the, the, there's, there's a lot of reasons outside of rugby for that, but at the same time... Uh, it's not great when your competition, whatever the tenants are down. Those low tenants apply to the domestic competitions as well, though. So, yeah, yeah. But like this, 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 this is normally the highlight of the the non knockout stages of the yeah. of the yeah. calendar, where you yeah. like even even teams that weren't that great could, could fill out a. Mm. But it is what it is. Like the numbers are definitely down the ODS. No, not really. I thought I thought we had. Um, oh, sorry. Last match, yeah, Ulster was surprised me. Tickets sold, but the first couple of matches we had were pretty good. The uh, I don't think we've been as badly affected as some teams. So no, mm. plus weather and. I'll, I'll be honest, lads, and I think I said it to you, Sarah, when I was at the match. Like, I got very comfortable with the whole watching everything mm. on the Delhi COVID. I yeah. just found the experience to be. I don't know. I, I like it. I think well, it's so much cheaper. Like, yeah, the cost mm. is, is one. Like the tickets would be like terms. twenty to thirty euro, even for like the basic tickets. Plus, like, how are you ever ever get any your petrol or bus fare mm. or whatever? Plus food, and that's only for like an individual person. Like, if you're bringing out a family, that's a lot. Yeah. And the English and Welsh crowds seem to be much more expensive than we are. Mm. And you imagine, like, you have mentioned before, Neil, about like the sort of the eventish kind of nature about match day like mm. i think we kind of have it quite good in terms of like the sort of the amenities available around the rds yeah. like and just... events are definitely seem to be putting in an effort for mm. fan days yeah yeah that's what i mean like and you can just imagine like not every club is gonna have that you know what i mean well, they should. well I, I don't believe they do uh yeah. you know well why would you if you have like Fucking four thousand, five thousand people turning up. You're not gonna. Well, it's the chicken and egg. You try, you try to make it a family day out, and yeah, but every day can't be a family day out if you're not getting the money. No. So, you know, I don't know. I just think watching on the telly is very, very, very hard to beat, especially when it's cold. It is. <laughs> it, it is. Um, it's a problem. I think a lot of sports are actually running into. I know in the NFL they've. Certain teams have tried. Um, I know Atlanta; they opened a new stadium, and to encourage, to try and encourage people to actually go to the games, they have like they charge way, way, way lower concession prices. So basically, you can go out and get tanked and get a lot of food uh, at the game. Um, yeah, but American football also has blackouts 
if they don't fit yeah. out crowds, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure if they still do that, but be, they are. Hard to deal with the internet. Yeah, um, it's 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 a like it's like if it's tough to get people to go to an air conditioned climate control stadium in America. Uh, it I don't know. Basically, yeah, it's an ongoing thing that we'll have to watch. Um, but I do like, wonder how many people are out there, sort of like me, in that you know they've they become comfortable with not going to the match and just watching on the telly and that experience is yeah good enough like you know what i mean yeah like it's let's say like uh last friday saturday where it was mm. fucking freezing yeah i was just like it's a blessing that that match wasn't on and it wasn't yeah. a match because i would have went to it but i would have been like there's no way I'd enjoy it as much as I am here watching the match and mm. just in my cozy zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's, I, I'm sure I'll maybe get out of that. It's probably just, I don't know, silliness yeah. on my part. But, At the well, end of the day, supporting the club good. Is, is a financial <laughs> thing on, on everyone's part as much as it is anything else. Mm. So, so basically, I'm just going to buy loads of merchandise. Yeah. Like um, that silly hat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that hat is great. Do you know uh, what season is that hat for? Do you know? 2015? Well, it might not have a season number on it. It's just a hat. Right. Because I still have that mug from the 2014, 2015 yep. season. And if the hat is from that season as well. No, you bought that hat separate, I think. No, no. You're thinking of a different hat. <laughs> <laughs> you would have thought your hat. <laughs> But uh, there's a season ticket hat that I wear quite regularly as well. You should have a, the number. And if it's from the mug season, my God, if I got a severe amount of value out of that season ticket back mm. for that season. As far as I can see, if they gave me a mug every fucking season, I'd be a lot more inclined to buy a season ticket. Because I like mugs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest that at the next uh, feedback. Thing. Yes, the mug is great. Bring back the mug. Rob, yeah. can you tell them to put the handle on the right way? Up? <laughs> Every time I use that mug, I always think of that. <laughs> I always see. <laughs> How hard can it be? That's why we got them cheap. Yeah, <laughs> the defective mugs with Tipex Lancer logo on the fucking side. Um, so that kind of covers everything. Uh, I do have one trivia question. Trivia. Trivia. It, it's kind of related to Gloucester. Um, is the answer Billy Twelfty? <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's not. Because that's the only answer I'm going to give you. Right? <laughs> Go on. Uh, which current Irish international started for Gloucester in the 2006 preseason game in Tala versus Leinster? That's a good one. 2006. So it's going to be no 2016. 16. Oh, yeah. Started for Gloucester. Yeah. Current Lancer player. No, no, no. Current Irish international. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, Mike Haley? Nope. Oh, is he even an Irish international? He did. He made, his de- he made his debut against Italy in the World Cup warm-up game. True. Right. Uh, King Billy. King Billy Burns? Yeah. Yes, correct. Billy Burns. Because um, I was looking at uh, trying to just find the history of Lancer versus Gloucester and they haven't played each other competitively since 2006. Yeah. Uh, they had Leslie Vanacolo then, didn't they? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, the Leinster article is basically all about Leinster players. <laughs> um, uh, then they they played each other a few times uh, in 
pre-seasons and stuff. Mm. Uh, which is pretty cool. Like, you can see John Cooney in some of the photographs, Jordy Murphy. Uh, Nick McCarthy scored a few tries in pre-season. Andrew Porter, which looks pretty cool. Uh, um, just on the insurance issue again. <laughs> is, is boxing insured? Yes, uh, there is a... Sure, um, yeah. There is an expectation that you get hit in the head in boxing. Right. Well, can we not just apply that expectation to rugby? No. I think if Well, he calls and you'll see numbers. You'll see numbers drop. Yeah, participation would go down. And then, like, imagine you're like, oh, "I'm going to take my kid to get head injuries, or I'm going to take him to play soccer, or something." Or, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like it's like you don't see underage. UFC fights or whatever, because it's I'd pay for it. Different fights, but uh, you, we obviously go into different circles around. Yeah, okay. it's like middle class, which is where your rugby base comes from. Yeah, um, I was trying to think underage boxing. That can't be a thing, is it? It is. Yes. Is it it's like it's amateur. It's amateur, so you're under amateur rules. But uh, of there is like. They can't not. It's like, like an incredible, kind of oh. like get get the kids off the street thing, Rob. The they, they have to wear head. Thing. They have to wear headgear in actual fights, though, don't they? I think yes. up to up to no, start. Do. Okay, that that, that makes sense. Create a headgear for the rugby people. That does something. A helmet. Yeah, <laughs> and give them shoulder pads and let them throw a ball forward. Big four people off. Give more space. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a good episode. I enjoyed it. Uh, lots of discussion. Um, we'll be back soon enough. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it there, so. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.